It's time with Pastor Mike Kessler starts now. This is It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship, home of CSN International, featuring Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River. Today, Pastor Mike is going to be teaching in the book of 1 Samuel. Located way back in the Old Testament, the books of 1 and 2 Samuel are the legacy that reveals the change from God-appointed judges over the people to the kingdom era, where the Jews are ruled over by a king both a departure from God's ways and a foreshadow of God's ways. With our study on the book of 1 Samuel, here's Pastor Mike. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day, for today the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. And so all the people went to Gilgal, and they were they made uh, Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. And they made their sacrifices and peace offerings before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. And so you find this this um, this kind of this just this neat time of of of, of, of Saul recognizing that God is the one that granted them the victory. Now it is it is interesting that. Um, uh, you know, sometimes in the Bible you find interesting things. Sometimes you'll find people that started off well and ended up bad, like King Asa, Saul. And then, and then you'll find others that started off kind of rough in life and ended up good, like maybe you might say um, the new Saul in the New Testament who later became Paul. Uh, you'll find this through life. And I think what it, what it simply tells me is this. You can't rest on the successes and the spirituality of yesterday. A lot of people like to say, well, you know, I did great things for God a long time ago. I don't need to be worried about it now. You know, again, we maintenance our relationship with God because it is a relationship. You don't say, well, you know, I have a relationship with my sweetheart. I I call her every five years to see how she's doing. No, no, a relationship is something that you maintenance. And, and the thing is, is that anything that you let slide will drift. And a relationship with God is no different than that. You, you can let a relationship with God drift away, uh, based upon things in the, in the past. Well, yes, I remember that, that what God did. But the thing is, what's God doing today? That's, that's always a question. And so, we find here that, um, that Saul gave the glory to God and the victory. He's anointed king. Now, Samuel, verse 1 of chapter 12, said to all of Israel, Indeed, I have heeded your voice in all that you said to me, and I have made a king over you. And now here is the king walking before you. I am old and gray-headed. And look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed, whose ox I have taken, or whose donkey I have taken, or who I have defrauded, whom I oppressed, or from whom's hand I have received any bribe with which you would, uh, to which blind my eyes. In other words, concerning justice. And I will restore it to you. I think this is an important thing to say. Uh, and, and friends, I, I believe this is one of the things that I think today, I think unfortunately, so many ministers would do well to be able to say. 
Uh, it's one of the nice things about church here. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but our thing about money is almost non-existent. It isn't that our church doesn't need it like everybody else, but you know what? We just trust God to take care of the need. We have an offering on Sunday morning. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of times, um, uh, what I think troubles a lot of people is, and sometimes we'll get these, these questions on, on to every man and answer, where, you know, there'll be some guy on TV begging for money and he's, you know, flaunting his wealth. I, I don't mind people having nice things. And if God's blessed you, praise God. I think that's a great thing. And I would look for that in a Christian's life. But when somebody's on begging for money and they've got a Rolex watch on, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I think that that hurts the kingdom of heaven. And I don't want to condemn a man that's doing that either. I don't want to say that he's wrong. I'm just saying that I think a lot of times it troubles people in, in what they what they see. And, and I think that those are all issues. And he, so he says, listen, if I've taken, I, I've not taken anything. I was, the Lord said before you, have I taken anything that belonged to anybody? And I, I, I would say the same thing. I don't think I've ever done anything. I haven't defrauded anybody. I haven't done any of those kinds of things. I, I, I really, again, friends, I mean, as a... As anybody that that uh, tries to do their best, share the Lord with people, all you can do is just do what God's called you to do. There's always going to be those that want to take advantage of those situations. It's always going to be that way. And and the thing is, you're going to see it all your life. But just don't you be one of those in that situation. You see, that's the thing you want to always kind of stand back of. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we see that. You know, I mean, I mean, it's neat to know that God has been faithful through it all. And, and, and so always remember that, that God is a standard in our lives, that no matter what happens, that God always is that one that always stabilizes uh, every situation in, in our lives. And so Samuel stands before the people and he says, look, I haven't taken anything from you. You tell me if I've done it, I'll, I'll repay. And they said back, you have not defrauded us. Or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. And by the way, if you ever feel, if you ever feel oppressed or, or manipulated to do something for God, I can about guarantee it that it isn't God doing it. I think it's one thing to let people know the opportunities exist. I, I, this, this thing that we're now doing on Sunday morning where we have signups, if there's a place that you want to fellowship, you know, and heaven's going to be a great place because there's going to be a lot of rewards handed out. And I just don't want to see maybe, you know, 20, 50 people getting all the rewards and everybody else said, well, I would have done something. I didn't know what to do. Well, that's why we have the, that's why we have these sign-up sheets and we have a cruise director that will lead you that way. She'll do a good job in helping you get that figured out. Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is that you, you can sign those. And in fact, if there's something we miss, there's even a blank where you can fill in something, a talent that God's given you to be able to do those things. I think that's a really important thing to be able to 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 do is to um, be able to give your talents to God and to and to, and to do those things. And so I, I just really like to encourage people that um, uh, to to be involved with what God's doing. I think it's it's a neat thing, and and uh, then you're going to get rewarded on it. But you know, if somebody tries to manipulate you into doing something, well, the real Christians come out on Wednesday night. Well, aren't you glad I said that? No. Um, but I, what I'm saying is that, is that if, if there's a manipulation thing going on to try to make you do something, well, you know, and you, and you feel like some guilt trip laid on you uh, or whatever to try to get you. To, listen, that, that's the oppression 
I believe, that, that Samuel is speaking of because, because people want to be right with God. They do. I, 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 I believe anybody that's really a born-again Christian wants to be right with God. There's something about connecting and knowing that God's favor is upon you, just like you know how you felt when you were a kid and, and you pleased your parents. That there's that same kind of feeling. Um, and I think that that's the same way it is with God. And, and, and I believe that, that uh, uh, leadership and, and, and all uh, points people to a relationship with God and does the very best they can to stay out of that relationship between the person and God. In other words, we're just, you might say, the directors in the movie. We're not the star. You have a relationship with God. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. And anytime somebody tries to get in between there, um, you know, I will lead the way and show you. Run. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is who does that. You know, uh, uh, on Sunday morning, a lot of times when we're reading the Bible together, I get, I, I, I get fed and, and ministered to just like you do. Uh, there's in fact, there's sometimes things that God will show me while I'm teaching that I have never, ever read or seen in the Bible before. And I, and I look at that and I go, wow, God, it, it's amazing how many times I can read the Bible and still you'll show me something new that I've never seen before, never read anywhere, but just a truth or an insight into, into the hand and the purpose of God in our lives. And so uh, as, as you look at this, you, you realize that God, uh, freely you've received, the Bible says freely give. Um, and that's the way I believe the Lord wants us to, to minister to people and, and bless one another. Uh, but when you fi- feel oppression coming on, when you feel somebody, the only way they can lift themselves up is to run other people down. Friends, let me tell you something. There's an agenda that these people have. And uh, if, if the only way they can establish what they are or do what they do is by, by wrecking somebody else, you pretty much know something isn't right. That's oppression. And so notice he says, You have not defrauded us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Then he said to them, The Lord is witness against you and his anointed witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, By the way, you say, Well, why is all this going on? Well, we're going to read a little bit more about it, but something to remember is this. In all the things, in the way Samuel represented God to the people, they still rejected God. I think that's very important. They saw all the, all the blessings of God. They saw all the favor of the Lord and everything. And yet, because um, I, I believe that's just why he's establishing this. In other words, if you demanded a king because I was a rascal, then I understand your complaint. God would have a, an issue with me. So did I do anything to offend you? No, you didn't. Okay. I didn't do anything to offend you. Witness, witness. That's what they said. Okay. Now, Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. When Jacob had gone into Egypt, your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord, their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, which is actually Syria, into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the Moab, and they fought against them. 
And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Asterisks, but now deliver us from the hand of our enemies and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Badan and Japheth and Samuel, delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you dwelt safely. And when you saw Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, come up against you, you said to, the, to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, here is the king whom you have chosen and whom you have desired. Take note, the Lord has set him over you. If you fear the Lord and serve him, obey his voice, and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you, the king who reigns over you, will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandments of God, the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. Now therefore, stand and see the great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is today not the day of of wheat harvest? I will call to the Lord, and he will send thunder and rain, that you may perceive and see what your your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. He said, this is the harvest day, right? Yep, wheat's ready to harvest? Okay, Come on in, storm. Knocked it all down. He goes, that's what God thinks of your sin. And the people said to Samuel, no, (laughs) sorry, said, pray for your servants to the Lord God, the Lord your God, notice the Lord your God, not, not our God, the Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all of our sins the evil of asking a king for ourselves. In fact, it's interesting here that it wasn't until they actually saw the storm come. They saw the authority that Samuel possessed. And he said, this is, this is your great sin that you've done. See, what their great sin was is they rejected God and embraced a man. And, and friends, you'd say, well, why would anybody do that? I see people do that all the time. See people do that in churches. I see people that 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 should know better doing certain things that they'll do, and I can't figure out why do they do these things. All the way through the Bible, you'll see it. This is not something that the children of Israel had a corner on the market. I mean, it's something that people do by by nature, because people are idolatrous, and idolatrous means simply this: we're motivated by our sight. If I don't see it, feel it, taste it, or can eat it, it ain't real. It's by faith, the Bible says, we serve God. And so always remember that it's a a faith relationship with the Lord that God wants to have with you. And so Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You have done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I think it's interesting here that even though he said, well, you got whooped, but that's all right. You keep loving God. You keep serving God. Do not turn aside for when you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they're nothing. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. (laughs) I like that. God says, even though you do rascally things, I still love you. I'm still going to work with you and I'm still going to correct you. See, again, it, it is interesting that even in... 
The Lord's Prayer, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and we call it the Lord's Prayer, it's actually a disciple's prayer, but he says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven. Again, that fatherly relationship, and you see it all the way through the Old Testament as well. So he says, even though you've been a rascal, I still love you. Moreover, verse 23, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and right way. Only fear the Lord, serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. There's always that warning. Now, now why is that? Well, because I, I believe that Samuel knew people. He, he knew the hearts of men. I think as you get a little older, and especially if you've been a Christian any length of time, you not only see the hearts of men, but you see your own heart too. And I think this is one of the things that is probably one of the most disconcerting things that a person can come in contact with. And I think this is why Paul, the longer he had been a Christian, the more he began to recognize what he was. He says, as sinners, I am chief. He didn't say I was chief. The more that he had gotten closer to the Lord, the more he realized there was an element and an aspect of, human, of humanity in himself that as he gets closer to God, he sees the more sin in his life. Friends, I, I found that to be true. And I think you'll find that all the way through your life. Now, I, I think there's two places that we can go once that begins to happen. And I think it happens the day we get saved, but it's what we do with it. One, we repent. We, we, we apply Jesus to that area of our life that is, is in that rebellious state. Or two, we can say, oh, that's the way I am. I guess I'm just going to live with it. I think that's a dangerous place to be. And I think this is what happened to Saul. I think as he began to see the hand of God that wanted him to do something, and as we read on in chapters, uh, uh, the following chapters, we'll see how God wanted him to do something, but he had a different way of doing it than God's way. And that's called rebellion. But again, when you think about it, friends, we're all a little like that unless God comes to us. We all want to get to what we feel in our heart will settle us in our spirit. I believe that God has given us that goal. I think that's why we have that goal. In other words, there's certain things that you want to see in your life happen in your life. And I believe that God gives us those, those picket fences, you might say. You know, the little house with the picket fence and everything like that. And I think God does that. But I think where the problem comes is that we begin to want to do it our way rather than God's way. And, and unfortunately, a lot of sometimes even teaching that I've heard coming out of churches lately, rather than saying, seek God and do it his way, it says, get in there, get a vision and you make it happen. When I hear that, the fur sticks up on the back of my neck. Debbie hasn't got to it yet, but it sticks up on the back of my neck because I'm going, this to me is idolatrous. It's saying there is a desire, a place that we want to go in our life. But the thing is, rather than doing it God's way, which may take a little longer, there is the way of the world that says, here, take a shortcut. Don't you think that uh, that happened with Jesus? When he was on the mount, 
After not eating for 40 days. And Satan said, if you're son of God, command this stone to be made bread. I think Jesus, out of novelty, could have just turned the whole world into a nice big spongy ball of bread. He could have turned the whole mountain to bread if he wanted to. But he didn't come to take orders from the devil and to do it his way. Remember, he also said, all the kingdoms of the world are mine. And mine to whomever I want to give them to, Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me. Well, what did Jesus come to do? He came to redeem the kingdoms of the world. Satan here is offering him a shortcut if you'll bow down and worship him. Listen, the, the devil is always offering you a shortcut if you'll go his way. But that way that he has is never that way which brings forth the plan or the purpose of God. And so I believe that we have these heart desires in our life. But I believe, again, letting God bring those things to pass is so important. You see, Saul started off as a man who was going to do it God's way. But as we'll read in the chapters to come, he became more full of himself than doing what God wanted him to do. And his whole life ended up spiraling downward as he continually rejected the counsel of God. It is interesting, as we read this on his coronation, Samuel said, I am old and gray. Remember he said that. Well, we find that Samuel, God gave Samuel supernatural life expectancy, evidently. Because we find that Saul was counseled by Samuel for a long time into his, into his kingly reign. And I might say, in always doing it his way, not God's way. Saul always rejected those ways that God wanted to do it. And we find Saul eventually, um, in the very end, consulting mediums, falling on his own sword. It's a tragedy that you see what, what, what became of Saul. Because, again, he was a man after man's heart. Just invite you tonight to consider God's purpose, God's plan for your life, rather than your own. And saying, okay, Lord, we got some place we got to go, we got to get but we want to do it your way. So show us and help us and teach us so that we would be able to be what God's called us to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for these stories that we have in your word that give us insight, God, of, 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 of things concerning the life that we live. Lord, we thank you that we have these examples in, the, in your word that we can learn from how we can be so blessed by God but then forsake our faith. Lord, help us to cherish that relationship that we have with you. And as any relationship, the way we keep a relationship alive is by communication. This is why I believe your word says to not forget to pray. So Lord, may you remind us to have that fellowship with you. That you would guide us in your ways. That Lord, that we would not be rebellious to you in your plan, but Lord, that we would be seeking you and letting you do what you want to do. And so, God, we thank you, and we ask you, God, to give us that wisdom that comes from you to be able to negotiate and, and, and navigate in these days that we live in that would be a blessing to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to invite you to grab the free podcast of its time by hopping on the iTunes store and downloading your own copy. If you like having the disc, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order for First Samuel. From Pastor Mike, myself, and all of us here at the River, thanks for tuning in to It's Time.